This is Housebound. I'm Chris. I'm Holly. I'm Ashlyn. I'm Greg. And you're invited. Welcome to Housebound, a podcast we made because we need a company. In it, we talk about things that are on our minds. And today, we're talking about the tiny epic board game franchise. This is a franchise that I have super gotten obsessed with in the last few years. And I've kind of, my obsession has sort of um, not necessarily been picked up by friends and family, but it's been, it has affected them. As uh, the people on this podcast can probably attest to, I have made, uh, not made, but asked and requested quite strongly for them to play a number of these games. So yes, it has affected my life quite greatly. (laughs) I concur. It has also affected me. I have felt the impacts of your harmful uh, Greg, I would like to read this letter. Um, <laughs> this is an intervention. <laughs> intervention. Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, by the end of this, uh, the audience may, uh, our audience may think that I do really need an intervention. So that, that might become a request in some some of our mail. So we'll We're see. We're only goes, here because but... we love you and support you and we want to see you do better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So this is. A, a a franchise that I have grown to really appreciate for a number of different reasons. But I think to kick a, kick us off, I maybe will just ask, uh, what's the first Tiny Epic game you played? And what were your first impressions of it? I think I could probably peg what Chris and Holly's was. But. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. Uh, I know that the one that we first bought was Tiny Epic Quest. Yeah. But we had previous to that played. I th- I'm pretty sure it was Tiny Epic Western. I was going to say and Western. I, yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember if that was right after you bought it. Like right after. Sorry, not right after you bought it, but right after you received yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as I'm sure you'll get into the purchasing process in this uh, episode later on, or maybe not <laughs> to yeah. be continued. But uh there's obviously a bit of a delay there with the shipping. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Western. And then I can't remember if there was anything between that and Quest. But Quest is the first one that I, we bought because I actually mm-hmm. enjoyed it. So. Yeah, I think Western was the first one you guys played. Uh, first, like, sentence, one sentence reflection on it. I Western? Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was your sentence. That was the sentence. Sorry, but you mean a first one sentence reflection on West on the Western game? Yeah, on, on the Western quest, game. Right? Okay. First, okay, 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 okay. I really enjoyed it once I got the hang of it, but that one was particularly complicated, I recall. Yes. It yep, is so tricky, that one. Yep. Yeah. I also was intrigued by the concept of the minimalisticness of the game, comma, because this is still one sentence. <laughs> However, I was also unprepared for how complex it could be and definitely underestimated the creativity of the authors to incorporate so many tiny details into the, into a single move. Yeah, sweet. That's true. Cool. Is that the end of your sentence, Chris? Anything else you wanted to add? Uh, there's lots, but okay, that's okay, one cool. sentence. So. <laughs> Ashlyn? <laughs> I think my first Tiny Epic game I ever played because you uh, bequested it of me um, mm-hmm. was, I think it was Tiny Epic Galaxies, but I can't remember 
if that was at home or at the board game cafe. Because I I have a vivid memory of like learning to play Tiny Epic Galaxies at the board game cafe, but maybe that was because we were teaching other people. I don't remember. You'll have to jog my memory. I think we may have played it before then, but we did definitely play it at the board game cafe. And so that may have just been, we had to relearn the rules or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was Galaxies. I retract an earlier statement that I made, and we definitely (laughs) did play Galaxies with you as well prior to playing Quest, uh, and we did play Galaxies with you at your house. Yeah. So that might have been after you and Ashlyn played at the cafe or whatnot, but yeah. Yeah. So we'd had a few games into the world of Agrimore or whatever it's called. Yeah. What's your what's your one sentence reflection, Ashlyn, on Galaxies? Oh, man. Does it just have to be on the first time I played it? Uh, yeah, your first just your first impressions of the because that that's kind of your intro to the tiny epic franchise. So, OK, um, I appreciated how like simple the map, if you can call it that, was. Mm-hmm. And I liked how much you could interact with other players and what they were doing. Cool. Uh, semicolon. I did not like how small <laughs> the text was. Okay, here we oh, go. That's fair. <laughs> so yeah, let me. I'll. I'm just gonna give because there's there's probably a a number of paint is a word picture of of the oh, games. Yeah. For... <laughs> <laughs> I will. I, I'll try to. Because um, there's probably a number of you. In fact, I will. I will assume probably. Uh, well, it depends on when people listen to this and at what point. But probably 99% of you will not have played this game, but uh, or this franchise. So. Just to give you a bit of an intro, each game is developed by one person named Scott Alms and published by a publishing company called Gameland Games, which was started by a guy named Michael Coe. Um, and each game is a different like theme, but it's not just a reskin. So like Monopoly, for example, will reskin their game and you'll have like Star Wars Monopoly and Lord of the Rings Monopoly and, you know, um, and all of these different types of Monopoly. And you're essentially still playing the same game, um, which is a great way for companies to make money, but a poor way to, um, I guess, give people a new experience each time they buy the game. So and I I think they try to add variants to the Monopoly games here and there. But for the most part, you're getting the same thing. Whereas with the Tiny Epic franchise, what surprised me was that every single Tiny Epic game that comes out is a totally different game. And they Mm -hmm. have games from like uh, like high strategy 4X games to like more cooperative, lighter games to dice rolling, push your luck um, to three hand poker with worker placement or games where you pre-program your turns um, or even like a one versus four player game where one person's against uh, the other four um, or a turn-based tactical combat game. So they're all very different, even just like mechanically um, beyond just their theme and skin. So um, that's kind of one of the things that drew me to it. The other cool thing about it is that each game comes in a very small box, probably about the same size as one of those mass market airport books that you get, like probably one of the thicker ones, but they can essentially, they, they've they been advertised that they can fit in your pocket. Now that's not true. It's, it's you need cargo pants for that to work. And those are yeah. kind of going yeah, out. Yeah, not women's jeans. Yeah, no. and definitely not no. women's jeans. No, if, if you can't fit a phone in women's jeans, you definitely can't fit these in there. So, um, but they are very small and compact games. But as 
you may have been able to gather from just hearing um, the responses of my co-hosts here, uh, the games can be quite complex. Um, now, I think Tiny Epic Western is one of the more complex ones. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in some ways, it was kind of unfortunate <laughs> that was the first intro because uh, there was a lot of rules and it was a lot of getting used to stuff like that um, with just lots of details and stuff. But it's essentially each game does have a high level, a decently high level of strategy, and it all fits into that small box. And so but yet each game also has pretty good table presence. Like you can have it set up, somebody can walk by and then you'll have, when you finish the game and you package it all up, that same person might walk by and see, wait a second, did that game fit into that box? You know, and it's just, it's it's one of those kind of crazy things where yes, it, it did and it's- Yes, it and did and it's great. And it is great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, that's one of the things that drew me to the games was that compact feel. I love the idea of something being compact. Um, for some reason, uh, you know, just having something miniaturized makes it somehow better in my mind, which is not true anymore, because now I've jumped up from uh, a Pixel 2 phone to a uh, LG GX ThinQ dual screen, which is way much of a bigger phone, not just in name, but also in actual size. So um, bigger, smaller doesn't necessarily mean bigger or better, but um, these games, that's what kind of what drew me to them. So yeah, that's just kind of a bit of a quick, semi-quick intro into the Tiny Epic franchise series. Um, so let's maybe talk about some of these games um, and maybe we can pick up with rather than what's your first game that you played. What's maybe the, your favorite game that you've played of this series and that you have enjoyed and what maybe surprised you about it? I enjoy every single one that I play, but one of my current frustrations with this franchise and possibly the friends that I play this franchise with (laughs) (laughs) is that we tend to play one game once and then the next time we play a new tiny epic game. Mm. And I'd like to play Mm -hmm. a few of them a few times rather than um, jumping from one to the other because like you just get a hold of the strategy and then you're doing a a whole different game the next time. A totally different one. Yeah. um, Yeah. We do own tiny epic quest and I do like that one. Chris and I have played it a few times. Um, and I feel like I have a good handle on that one. I think my favorite that I played was Galaxies. With a few caveats. I don't get the expansion and I don't <laughs> like it. Uh, blanket statement. <laughs> so Nick's yep. the expansion. And there's one aspect of Galaxies that I love hate is that you have this ability to copy somebody else's turn in that game where there's this resource you can collect. You can use a couple of different ways, but one of the ways you can use it is by copying somebody else's complete turn in the middle of their turn, like while they're still doing your action. You're like, ah, I'm going to do it too. Um, and it is, it's cool because it keeps you engaged even during other mm-hmm. people's turns, but it's not cool because you go like, three actions forward and someone's like, I want to copy the first one. And so I find with Tiny Epic Galaxies, it's the game out of any other game where you end up backtracking turns the most often. It always happens in some games when you like mess up the rules or something like that. But in Tiny Epic Galaxies, no fail. Every single game, somebody will end up trying to like 
undo half of their turn so that another player can move forward and everything can be consistent or something like that, which I love hate mm-hmm. with that mechanism. That's fair. I am divided on what my favorite game is. As Holly's mentioned, we do own Quest and we do own Mechs. And I enjoy them both relatively equally. So I think the reason I enjoyed Quest enough for it to be my first purchase out of the franchise of the games was because there was some complexity to the rules, but it was pretty it was a pretty casual game. You kind of work together as a group of characters that are playing the game, not as in you're collectively winning the game, but you you take turns pretty chill. Like somebody does a move and then the next person is like, well, that person decided what my move was going to be. So I'm going to go and do my move. And uh, and then you kind of all go through a second phase of the of the of the game together. Uh, and then you kind of all accumulate your points at the same time. And and you're you're all kind of doing your own tasks. But it's it's like you're not you're not really backstabbing each other. You're not you're, you're kind of in a race to finish before the other players do. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just real chill. And and I enjoy that that about a game. I don't like it to be too corporate, but I also don't love it when everybody's like trying to um, crush each other because that just is maybe a bit too competitive for me. And <laughs> others enjoy that. And that's so fine. much. Um, but uh yeah, mechs is a little mechs obviously is a is is a different game. Uh, but I think the thing that draws me towards that the most is um the turn mechanism where you, as Greg said, pre-program your turns. Uh and and then in that game there is a bit more combat, like literally you're fighting each other at certain times, but um I I am drawn towards the science fiction genres of things anyways. And so uh, when I see a game that deals with spaceships or, or robots or something like that, I, I, I am, I am more likely to be interested in it than I am to be interested in something say Western based, Mm -hmm. not as a general rule, but uh, like I'm willing to try new things. But um, as we were talking, I just, I just thought about the fact that, it's completely possible that since Western was my first experience of the game franchise, it was also a fairly early on experience for me getting into collecting board games. I played games and we'd had a few board games ourselves, but it was pretty early into when Holly and I started collecting. So I would not be too surprised if we went back and played Western today, if I was easily able to understand the game it might still be complicated mm-hmm. but it's possible that now that i understand kind of how board games work and and the different tactics that you can take in the board game it wouldn't be so overwhelming to me mm-hmm. you know that's just something that i like thought yeah i was i just came it just it was a realization that oh maybe it wasn't as bad as i thought it was maybe it mm. was uh you know maybe the the real western was inside of us all along <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, like the this the series is definitely has some games that I would say are are more complex. And I think one of my one of my qualms with it is that 
they will say, oh, this game takes 45 minutes to play. Mm. But if you're playing it for the first time, book off like two and a half hours, especially if you're playing, sure. you know, with with people who ask questions, which is good. It's good to know, you know, um, <laughs> it's good to know what what that is, you know, and how to play the game. But it's one of those things where, yeah, you have to book a lot of time if you're going to play one of these for the first time, just because there is a lot of rules and sometimes things aren't um 100% intuitive even though they do have a lot of things laid out um and once you get the hang of it it's pretty quick sailing so I really like mechs that came out but that's mostly because you get to put your meeple into a mech which Mm -hmm. is super cool uh yeah what's a meeple can you just explain that a meeple is a wooden figure it is usually of a person shape but not always (laughs) yeah Correct. <laughs> it's a pretty broad definition, but yes, you get to yeah. put your little kind of figure into a mech suit, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, cool. What continually surprises me about the series as a whole is that as far as I'm aware, uh, expansions to the existing games aside, they have, they being the creators have managed to introduce pretty much a hundred percent new concepts and gameplay tactics or techniques with each game so that it's completely independent of the other games in the series while still including again pretty much a hundred percent of the same elements so your meeple for example may look different but it's still the character okay that's kind of a given your maps are still maps but they're so different from each other that you could slap the Western map down, which I think is made out of several cards that depict a town yeah. and you could slap and they the, are in the shape of a wheel, I think. Yeah. And then you could slap the defenders map down or the, what's the companion to the defenders one kingdoms. Uh, you could slap either of those maps down and, and, and you're like, well, it's a map and it's fits in the same size of box, but it's completely different game. Like if you didn't tell me, that the games were part of a franchise. I would just assume that everybody out there is currently making games that fit in pocket-sized boxes. And so that's that's a pretty that's a pretty intriguing thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and yeah, I'm just yeah, it's a, it's a it's a very interesting way to build a franchise of games. Sweet. What surprised me? Um uh two things. First of all, it is the game it's the like the type of game where you spend the most time standing <laughs> to try to lean over the table and read what the card says <laughs> because you can't read it from your sitting position with it across the table. Um, especially, Greg, what's that game that we've been playing most recently where you use half the box as part of the map? Oh, Tiny Epic Tactics. Tactics. Yes, Tiny Epic Tactics. Because, like, part of the map might be beyond a small corner, you have to stand in order to do a good chunk of your turns uh, yes. during that okay. game. So, uh, game with a lot of standing, just because you have to be able to lean over the table yeah. to read stuff, because it's so tiny. Um, but also, it it is kind of handy to be able to have a board game that fits in your pocket. We actually made some friends partially because of Tiny Epic Games. We were at a wedding where there was a significant amount of time between the ceremony and reception and hardly anywhere to go. Mm. So 
we uh, found some people that we had, we knew them, but like it was pretty loose. We mostly just like, hey, those are those people. I know their names. <laughs> um, and uh, so we asked them if they want to go grab some, some like half lunch snack thing at whatever's restaurant was closest to us. And Greg had happened to have a few of the tiny Epic games um, in his bag because they're so small. And so we ended up playing board nice. games with them during a good chunk yeah. of the afternoon. Yeah, Made it was friends. great to be able to, because, yeah, we were kind of in the middle of nowhere and there was a lot of time to kill between <laughs> um, the ceremony and the supper. And there wasn't a ton of stuff to do at the place. So, yeah, it was sweet that we could um, could do that. And I think that's the one thing about games is that they they do bring people together because they kind of ease the social situation a lot because it's not oh, like you're yeah. just focusing on each other, but you're actually able to like, here's here's a medium that we can use to get to know one another. And so, yeah, yeah I definitely think that that's um, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing about these 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 games that's great. I think is their sense of um, ingenuity, like it's very creative what they've done. Um, and I think that's what's impressed me is like there's they're a small size, but they're fairly deep and they also have like um, components that are really cool. So like the mechs uh, suits are super fun. Uh, mm -hmm. But the only reason why those work is because um, uh, Gameland Games, the company, has actually created these things called item meeples. And so they're essentially meeples but with holes that are octagonal shape. So you can fit uh, a item that has a little peg inside the hole so that your little character now can actually hold a wizard staff or a sword or can carry a backpack or you can slap them into a, a mech suit. And so something like that where they're constantly trying to create really cool components. I know that that's something that Michael Coe, the, the developer, he is always crazy about. Like as a kid, he loved um, components and going into the bags of um, of a new game and then taking all the components out and even I think he even talks about mixing them with others and anyway so just like they like to do something creative and I know for myself um, one of the things that I was always wanting them to do was because they are always trying to keep it compact I was like you should use your box somehow use your box to like yeah. as like a part of the game and then what do you know the latest game that I received was the tiny epic tactics game that Ashlyn referenced. And that's one that actually you flip over the box and now it becomes a part of the terrain. Now it's like a mountain um, that allows you to put your little guys up on top of it. And now you have a tactical advantage over, you know, the people below. And so it becomes this really cool um, mechanic within the game that's very visual. And so it pops out. Now you're not just on like a 2D map, but you're on a 3D map. So it's things like that where um, they are, yeah, they're trying to push the boundaries and trying to give their supporters as much as they can. And so that's where maybe I can talk about how all of their games are funded on a platform called Kickstarter. And this is where people can pledge a certain dollar amount and they will then receive a reward depending on which tier they pick in terms of how much they want to give. And it ends up being that really you're you're essentially pledging to you're going to receive a game typically if you if you back one of their projects so that's been really cool because it actually allows 
their audience to kind of have some feedback over the creative direction of their games because they're still kind of in development so they can get suggestions from people. And there's been a number of times where backers have um, suggested something and then they've jumped on that and been like, yeah, that's actually a great idea. As they've kind of become more of a bigger company, they have kind of had to step back from that just because they know their boundaries and they know that they can't just shift the whole game just because one backer's like, this is a great idea, you know, but it does it does still allow you to feel like you're a part of a, a community that's doing something. So I think that's something that's been really cool about the series from the start. And their latest Kickstarter was for their tiny epic pirates game, and it got over one point five um, Canadian million, which is about 1.1 million. So they broke the million dollar mark in the US. And so which is just like, that's crazy for this little franchise series that I think let me just check and see what they made for their first game. As you look that up, uh, I just want to comment on how if you've listened to previous episodes of our podcast, you'll know that something that intrigues me as well is uh, the cohesiveness of a franchise, whether that's movies or uh, books or, in this case, games. And something that I didn't realize until short, until more recently, was that uh, besides these small games, this uh, company does make a few other games that are not specifically tiny. Uh, They're more normal-sized or larger-sized. But they have actually positioned these games, and I pretty sure that it's not related to anything tactically within the game but simply as a reason to say hey guess what guess what we did and (laughs) what they decided to do was put them all into the same existing universe so in the same way that you can sit down and watch all of the marvel movies and watch them independently of each other but realize uh or have the knowledge that you are watching part of a cohesive universe when you pull out a tiny epic game, they all fit within a cohesive quote unquote universe <laughs> of games. And it means, again, to my knowledge, means nothing when you play the game. It's just, oh, hey, the creators decided that this game takes place in 6000 BC and this take- game takes place in 25 million AD and this game takes place and and it's just, It's just fun. It's It's just another level that the creators have gone to Mm -hmm. to make you feel immersed in the world of the games. And and I think that that's fun because that's, you know, like video games do that. And so why not board games? Right. For sure. Yeah. No, I I think uh, the T.E.B.U. Tiny Epic Board Game Universe or maybe T.E.B.G.U. I don't know. Is board game one word? Is it two? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it could definitely be something to rival the MCU universe. So so, yeah, I just uh, have pulled up their old Kickstarter page for their very first game, Tiny Epic Kingdoms, and all of their games have had a pledge level of fifteen thousand dollars. So if they reach that goal, sorry, not a pledge level, but uh, the actual goal level. I mean, I guess you could pledge for the fifteen thousand dollars, but that's that's asking for a lot. So oh, so like they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to make the game if they didn't have at least that many pledges. You got it. Right. So they needed at least fifteen thousand dollars and they reached for their first game that two two hundred and eighty six 
thousand nine hundred and seventy two. So for their very first game, they had over a quarter million, which was pretty sweet. So and they were I know they were super pumped about that and was not what they were expecting. And it kind of it blew up from there. And so since then, each of their games, um, for the most part, has been getting successively um, more of a final um, final goal uh, that's been reached. And so, yeah, it's just been really sweet that uh, it's been a very successful franchise. And um, like just to quickly go through the list, they have Tiny Epic Kingdoms, Defenders, Galaxies, Western, Quest, Zombies, Mechs, Tactics, Dinosaurs and Pirates. The last two are coming out. They haven't yet been released. Um, and so but all of those I have been just like uh, beyond supportive of pledging for. And so, yeah, I know. Ashlyn uh, might not be as enthusiastic to my board game collection becoming bigger, but this is probably the one franchise that, you know, um, if I can't get any other board games, I'd probably want to keep trying to support them just because, um, yeah, it's it's a small company. But one of the big things that I really like about this company is um, their customer service is kind of what um also drew me to them. Oh, yeah. Oddly enough, for sure. Not just their not just their cool, compact, small games, but actually like they have a great desire to um, be a support to their customers. And so once you buy their game, you're they're now invested in you. Like it's not just you investing in them mm-hmm. and uh, they will replace damages that, you know, that like if your game arrives with any pieces missing or anything like that um or or even if you lose a piece on your own um they they want you to have your game the game right and so um they will mail you that single piece um so like for example the tiny epic western the first game that chris and holly played of the tiny epic series it my copy came with a i think it had a ripped card in it and so then they just shipped me that single, you know, card with uh, that. uh, And so it was whole. And so it came in a nice little like sleeve and everything. So, um, yeah, they just have a lot of care for their supporters. And um, I could tell just from reading how they responded in the comments of, you know, those first few Kickstarters. And so, um, yeah, I definitely wanted to support them as a company. And I think, you know, they're small, but I think it's just the fact that they do have, um, yeah, a big heart for their community uh, that they've created. And they realize that people will be loyal to you if you, um, you know, give them respect. And it's not like those old board game companies where, you know, if your Monopoly piece was a game was missing the thimble. It's not like you could, you know, email them and be like, hey, you know, I'm missing the thimble. Can you guys send me one? Like they wouldn't do that. Like that's that's crazy. And so um, but these guys and I know even other board game companies have really stepped up and been like, no, we want to support you. Once you invest in us, we're we're also invested in you. So, yeah, just something that. I've learned as, um, you know, as I want to um, in throughout my life, if I'm ever doing any kind of customer service, just being I want to be able to support um, those people who are coming to me um, in the same way that they support me uh, financially. So, yeah, it's just been uh, it's a sweet series. And again, Scott Alms, the guy who creates all these games is he's crazy. I can't believe he keeps doing this stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep supporting and keep bringing you guys new games. But like Holly said, I think we have to we have to return to some of those older ones and actually um, replay. uh, And uh, yeah, one of the things that Ashlyn pointed out was just that she's like, 
Tiny Epic Galaxies is great, but the expansion, no, 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 I can't. It's just, it doesn't, it takes away from the game. And what I have learned with this series is that if I ever want to play an expansion aspect to it, I have to introduce it the first time I play it with people um, and pretend like it's a part of the base game. Because otherwise... Whoa, hold up. (laughs) Have you done this to me before? (laughs) He definitely has. Look at his face. Wait, pause the show. What? (laughs) Is this... Are you speaking from experience? Have you taught me a game with an expansion being like, no, this is the base game? (laughs) Kind of, kind of. Uh, what? <laughs> He's probably not said, oh, this is the base yeah, game. He's probably I, I just said, here's, here's the, the game. game. <laughs> this is the whole game. Literally, this is it. Greg Reimer. <laughs> so do you feel deceived? Tell me okay. the story. It's just been it's just been most recently. Like I know with Tiny Epic <laughs> it, Quest. It wasn't a long time ago. It was like the other day. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, oh, okay. Hey, you're talking about the lanterns. Yes. So yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, you said it was a mini expansion. Okay. But let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me just say, yeah. Uh, with Tiny Epic Quest, that came with a mini expansion called the Golden Mushrooms mini expansion, or something to that effect. I could probably find it and actually get the. Yeah, we don't, thing. we don't have that with ours because we bought ours out of the store. Yeah, so there, so with the deluxe edition, it comes with this mini expansion, and I always played it with the base game without the mini expansion because I don't want to complicate rules further. But yeah, there's so many. Yeah. What I have realized is when I say, hey, let's play it with this new mini expansion. The the response is no. <laughs> you know, like we want to just play our base <laughs> yeah, vanilla Tiny Epic me. Quest, um, <laughs> you know, and so then that's where Tiny Epic Tactics comes with an expansion. That's this l- mini lanterns expansion. And so I just threw oh, it in there as that's that the. <sighs> I have a hard time. I know that they call all of those little like add-ons expansions, but I only really consider like the actual physical double box a game and an expansion and all the other little add-ons are like upgrades that they've kickstarted has kickstarters have supported putting into the base game and i could take it or leave it right like i i've never seen those as like deal breakers it's just like hey if you got bored you could throw these in because tiny epic mechs has those little cameras Mm -hmm. that can follow you and stuff and yeah it's the same sort of thing but no i wouldn't consider the expansions uh lanterns that's like so insignificant what you got holly i don't think you'd have that issue if you played the same game more often. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Well, I think because that's... people would be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. It's yeah, totally let's add cool to throw in up. something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, I, I think I think if I'm ever gonna play one of the bigger expansions, I'm gonna have to keep playing that specific game a few times before yeah. the group will um welcome the expansion. So um but yeah what I've learned and is you'll have it... to continue to be open and honest. <laughs> 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 I don't feel like I've been duped yet. I knew about the lanterns. I, I d- there was some suspicion at the beginning as to what was going on and why these rules were on a yeah. separate card from everything else. But I remember asking you and you're like, oh, it's like this tiny like little mini expansion. I'm just going to throw it in there. So I knew about it. It was a consensual situation. <laughs> But uh, it needs to to stay that way. Yeah. Anyways, so (laughs) what I have learned, though, is that even because because with Tiny Epic Quest, that small mushroom expansion, it's small. But man, nobody wants to play it 
unless, you know, unless we've played the maybe base game a few more times. So um, what I've learned is throw the mini expansion in at the beginning. So that's a tip and trick for all those out there who are board game connoisseurs trying to teach a new game to a group. And you really want to play that mini expansion with it. Just throw it in there. Just slide it in. Um, Just overload your friends. For the most part, nobody will know the difference. They're all they're already learning a bunch of rules to begin with. So honestly, like you don't really (laughs) know. So um, so anyway, so that's 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 a little tip and trick and uh, more on the trick side. Uh, so but thank you guys for uh, being willing to play all of these games. It's been uh, yeah, just a great experience for me to be able to try them all out. I really love the series and I am thankful that you guys handle my passion of it and you handle it well. So all right. Well, yeah, thanks, guys. That's uh, this has been fun. And uh, until next time. <laughs>